Hey everybody, welcome to Take the Stage Coaching Podcast, where I help artists successfully navigate the pressures of an artistic career. This is your host, professional life coach and singer, Evan Dunn Baritone, and you are listening to episode 57. Is everyone saying no to your singing career? Well, we here at Take the Stage Opera Podcast say toy, toy, toy. Find out what is holding you back so you can stop waiting in the wings and go out and get your standing ovation. There are no forbidden topics here, so get your ticket and find your seat. In Boca Lupo. Hey, the last episode was, um, it was downloaded like crazy. Thank you so much for listening and for sharing. Um, It seems like people must have really liked it, and it was so fun to do. It's been (laughs) probably my favorite episode so far. Um, We're going to get to today's topic, which is making mental health a priority. But I just wanted to comment on a couple of things from the episode and some other things going on before we get there. So one thing that I wanted to make sure that was really clear, even though I was obviously writing a satirical piece in the last episode, well, I hope it was obvious. I wanted to make sure that you knew that all of those things that we talked about, like comparing yourself, speaking negatively to yourself, um, etc., that I would just really implore you not to beat yourself up if you do any of those things on a regular basis in your life. It really doesn't matter how entrenched you are in your current mindset. It has no bearing on your value as a person or how successful you could be at creating a more helpful mindset. It just shows that you, you know, think the thoughts and do the things that come from those thoughts right now, you know, and that's, that's really not important. Okay. I just didn't want anyone to think, wow, this perfectly describes me, and then start to kind of shame themselves for it. And if you did shame yourself for it, then also don't feel bad about that. (laughs) You really are perfect just how you are. The habits you've created in your mind are habits that you've tried to use to protect you in the past. That's why we have the thoughts and the actions that we currently have. And some of them are outdated maybe, and you can move on from them if you choose, right? So no hating on yourself, okay? Also, I wanted to say, um, besides um, that thought about the episode, I wanted to say one really amazingly beautiful thing that I learned this week, and it was while attending the funeral for my cousin. There were definitely some emotional moments, as you'd expect at a funeral, and I was thinking about how sometimes emotions are uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable to experience and sometimes they're uncomfortable to witness. Have you ever noticed that? It's like if someone is crying, we don't know what to do. Or we are just like maybe worried about going to talk to someone who's mourning or had something hard happen to them. We just don't want to say the wrong thing. And it all comes down to feeling uncomfortable feelings. We tend to think that uncomfortable moments uh, mean that something is wrong or that something needs to be fixed. 
like someone who is mourning might cry and then laugh and then cry again. And it could all be in the same sentence, you know. And if you're talking to them, you might feel like you have to say the right thing or fix the fact that they're going through an emotional roller coaster. And you will also definitely notice the same thing in yourself when you are experiencing pain. Like you feel pain and then you start to feel uncomfortable with your own pain and you try to hide it or mask it. You feel like you have to fix it. And here's what I would recommend that you try. If you are experiencing a feeling, that doesn't mean that anything is wrong or that anything needs to be fixed. And it's the same thing for people around you. If they are expressing emotions in a way that it kind of feels squirmy for you, then allow yourself to just feel squirmy and choose to feel it. Find where it is in your body and live with it. There's no way to deal with big topics, to talk about big topics, or to deal with your big emotions without experiencing uncomfortable feelings. So just own it, allow it, choose to fill it, and then decide how you would like to move forward. So I was feeling um, uncomfortable this morning because I tend to tell myself um, like the the go-to kind of negative feeling that my habit tends to go to is overwhelm. I tell myself I need to accomplish more in a day. Like I wake up and basically I know the things I want to accomplish written in my planner, but I'm always worried that I either won't be able to do it because it's too much or that I should have more things to do on my list. (laughs) And so that overwhelm has become kind of my go-to negative feeling. And I know that you all have different go-to feelings than mine. That's totally fine. But I was feel this is an example of an uncomfortable feeling that I often feel. And I was feeling it pretty hard this morning. And I had to slow down and figure out my feelings and my thoughts and say to myself, oh, you're feeling overwhelmed. It's not because something is wrong, but actually... It means that there's something right about you. There's something wonderful about you. It means you care, that you want to help people, that you want to provide for your family, and that you want to live your best life. Those are beautiful things about you. So congrats, Evan. Congrats to yourself. And and then I lived in the feeling and moved on, right? So that's an example of kind of the conversation I had in my brain as Because my first instinct was to feel uncomfortable and like, I've got to fix this. I feel overwhelmed and I've got to to stop doing what I'm doing. And what I was trying to do was do a little bit of exercising to eat a healthy breakfast. And I thought, I don't have time for this. I've got too much to do. So it's like I'm trying to sabotage myself and I have to fix this uncomfortable feeling that I'm stressed out. And I was like, no, I don't. Nothing's wrong. (laughs) This just is a good thing about me. So Anyway, we'll talk more about this topic in the future. Um, I just wanted to share that little tidbit of um, some things that I've been thinking about this week and also um, one more last-minute thing before we go on. I'm planning on going back to just doing one episode a week starting next week. Um, I know that sometimes it can feel like there's a lot of information coming at you like a fire hose and maybe too much episodes and too many um 
too much information. So we're going to slow down, kind of take it one topic at a time. And um, I know that I've had that experience before on a podcast that I listened to, went to two episodes a week, and it was kind of overwhelming. But I wanted to get out a bunch of um, of these topics while I had some extra time this summer. Anyway, so now on to our actual topic today, which is making your mental health a priority in your life. And I don't just mean avoiding serious mental health issues or crises, which is obviously crucial, but I mean really making sure that you are taking care of yourself no matter where you are in your life. Like maybe you aren't depressed every day, but you still feel low on energy and you're dragging your feet to get to work several days a week. So your plan might look different than someone who has struggled with depression for years. That's totally great. There's no standard for how um, your mental health needs to look or who's doing better than someone else. That's not what this is about. But just recognizing that your mental health can be a priority no matter what your life looks like. So I guess what I would like to ask you today is, what are your goals for your mind, for your emotions, for your mental health? Do you know really how you're doing? Have you ever thought about that, like really how you're doing? Or if you could rate your relationship with yourself on a scale from 1 to 10, what would that look like for you on a regular basis? Do you wake up energized about the day on most days? How about your relationships with others? Do you get snippy with your partner and you kind of wonder why? How about your career? Are you taking steps to accomplish your dreams? Do you even know what your dreams are? Have you ever slowed down and even thought, actually, what what do I want to do in my life? And there are so many other questions you could ask yourself, but most of us don't really even know how we are doing. And so we don't have a good starting place to know how to take care of ourselves. Like, have you ever been asked how you're doing by someone and you pause and think, huh, I don't even know what to say. Like, I don't feel great, but I guess I'm not too bad. And we kind of struggle to answer that question. And probably more often than not, we'll be like, oh, I'm good. Thanks. Or, you know, but inside you're like, I don't know how I'm feeling. (laughs) Well, this is one place you might start. Okay, journaling. I love journaling. Um, It's a powerful place to start to get to know yourself, know your mind, and know where you are and how you're actually doing. Some people call it doing a thought download. Like, what am I actually thinking? What am I actually feeling? Do I even know? And then once you have some ideas about how you are, Um, about what you'd like to do, where you want to be with your life, you can start working on a plan. Like, do you need to go see a therapist? Do you need to work on a life coach or work with a life coach or even both or one at one point and one at another? Do you need to sit down and read some books or do some journaling or writing? Do you need to do some meditations? And here's the interesting thing. I have asked clients, Um, what they are planning on doing for their own mental health. And they just kind of draw a total blank. Like, I don't know what I want to do for my career, but but how am I supposed to know what I want to do for my mental health? They've never really thought about that before. So if you have looked at some of, of 
these options of things that you might be able to do, you might have stopped yourself and said, well, you know, that takes too much time. I don't have time to be journaling in the morning. Or you might have said, that's just too expensive. Working with a therapist or a life coach, I'm, I'm a starving artist. I can't afford that. You think, well, actually, I'm doing okay. Maybe I don't really need to invest that much in myself. I'll be okay the way that I am. And I know, I know, investing in yourself can be so hard if you're not used to doing it. But the thought that you don't have time or you don't have money is not an actual truthful thing that is helpful to tell yourself. It's literally just a thought. Like, what does it mean to have enough or to have a lot. All of those numbers that you have in your brain are made up numbers that you've created for yourself and they're not really truthful or helpful. Instead, you might start by thinking, how can I rearrange my time so that my mental health is a priority? Or you might think, how can I change my income or budget better so that I can afford some coaching? You may not believe this yet, but you are 100% worthy of any investment in your mind. Doesn't that feel good to think about being worthy of investing in your mind? You are capable and powerful and you can manage your time and your finances to make that investment. I think that we are taught pretty quickly as singers that we need to invest in voice teachers, accompanists, recordings, audition, outfits, traveling, etc. But then so many of us are depressed, anxious, struggling, and we say, ah, well, I'm just too poor to take care of my mind. And if you don't believe that singers are depressed, just go to Opera Twitter. I guess I'm wondering, what is the point of becoming a famous opera singer if you get there and haven't taken care of yourself along the way. Like getting your dream job doesn't get rid of the mental garbage you brought with you. The garbage stays and it ends up tainting the new job. So you get to sing at the Met. That's awesome. But what if you have some of these feelings like you hate yourself or you hate your voice? What if you still have a mindset of scarcity with your finances or you don't know how to build positive relationships and have boundaries? Maybe your energy is low or you're stressed and anxious and worried. And so how great is it to sing at the Met if you're still bringing all this baggage with you instead of taking care of yourself along the way, enjoying the journey and also enjoying it when you get to a new place in your career. That's a that's a really powerful um, option for you. So yeah, you invest in your voice in your career. That's great. It really is, you know, kind of an expensive thing to be a singer. But believe me, I'm a singer too, and I get it. And I know what it's like to pay a hundred or a hundred fifty or two hundred dollars for a voice lesson or whatever it is. But I have a question about that. Have you ever paid, you know, for a lesson and then experienced this huge aha moment where your whole voice changed in an instant during the lesson and you think, oh my goodness, that lesson might have been expensive, but honestly, 
even though I paid $150 for that lesson, I would pay $1,000 for that lesson. And honestly, there are some lessons that are hard to even put a dollar amount to, if we are being honest. So I was thinking about that as I was listening to the Feeling Good podcast, which is with Dr. David Burns. He's the one who wrote uh, the book Feeling Great, which I just really highly recommend. And we'll talk more about that book in another episode. But he te- he um, spends two hours with a patient for their first um, visit. And he only sees them two or three times. And they are almost always in remission from their deepest, darkest depressions, like the deepest, darkest thing that you could imagine. And I know so many of you think, oh, man, that's not possible. Like I've been working with a therapist or whatever. But I just want you to imagine, even if you don't think that it's possible, just kind of open up a place for your mind and wonder if it were possible, how much would you pay for a two-hour session with a doctor that would completely cure you of all of your emotional illness. What would that be worth to you? I bet it's probably worth at least $1,000 or even a million dollars. If you think about the rest of your life and the skills you gain while working with someone who is so skilled as Dr. Burns, How do you possibly quantify an amount of value for an entire life's worth of well-being emotionally? Ooh, that is just such a powerful thought to have. So we, in my family, we actually just started some therapy for one of my kids. They've been struggling with so much anxiety that it's been hard to get them out of the door sometimes, even for some things that they love doing. And um, I'm so grateful for the therapist and for the work that she's doing with my child. She believes that people don't have to remain debilitated by emotions. And I believe that too. Sure, it's expensive. And sure, it's time consuming. But can you imagine if you had a child? Imagine having a child of your own pondering whether you could afford something so crucial for their well-being and saying, Mm, no, it's too expensive. <laughs> if you know what your child can get out of it and you know the benefits of that therapy, you will do anything to save the money, to find a way to make more money, to change your whole life around, to get the finances that you need to take care of your child, right? And why are you any different, my friend? Maybe take some time to try to envision yourself as a little child. Don't you think that yourself as a little child deserves to be cared for? Of course. Of course you do. So here you go. If you are an artist, then you probably have the idea in your head that it's kind of a noble thing to be a starving artist. But I would ask, what is noble about that? You know, if you listen to this podcast from the beginning, that I just don't really believe in that trope. I believe in creating a totally different reality for myself and for my kids, both financially and mentally. And Hannah and I have learned the most amazing thing as we've worked on our minds and our finances. 
honestly, I think we were working on our finances um, before our minds, and we had a lot of ideas about how that would go. But when we started working on our minds, it seriously, it's not just an investment in your emotional health, which is already amazing and hard to quantify as a benefit already, but it is an investment in your finances when you work on your mind. If you can change your mindset about your life, your values, your finances, your worthiness as a person, then all of a sudden you're capable of doing more with less time and you're capable of doing more with less money. It sounds hard to believe, but all of this is well within your grasp as a person. So I would ask you, how are you? How are you really on a day-to-day basis? Do you have a plan for your life, for yourself, for your relationships? Do you have a plan for your emotional well-being? What's the biggest struggle that you're facing today? Really, what is it? I would love to hear what it is, and I would love to help you with that. So make sure to go to the link in my notes and sign up for a free sample session. You are well worth the time it takes to do that and so much more than that. Now stop holding yourself back. Come up with some plans. Take care of yourself because no one else is going to do it. And keep singing all along the way, my friends. Go out and take the stage. In Boca Lupo! Thank you for listening to another episode of Take the Stage Opera Podcast. We love hearing from you, so please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and give us a review. It helps us to continue delivering quality material. 